But I have to say, I like the taste of Wilson so far. podcast this week it's our preview episode with a couple of other things thrown in in the second part of the show joined by alan tim alan how you doing bueno how are we doing yeah very good tim how you doing hello i'm good how are you yes also very good excellent tim excellent thank you <laughs> right let's kick it off i always say that but let's with possibly the biggest game of the weekend arsenal versus chelsea Sides last met right at the beginning of the season. It was 3-2 in a, a really good game in the end. 3-2 to Chelsea. Where do we think this one's going? Tim, as the resident Chelsea fan, what are your thoughts? We're going to win. We're going to win. No, well, hopefully, we'll actually be able to score some goals against them for the reason that we're, we're signing Gonzalo Higuain, which I'm expected to be announced in, like, today. Um, so, you know, we might actually have someone that can score goals other than Aiden Hazard, so we might have a chance. <laughs> Well, I mean, you beat them 3-2 at home, as I previously mentioned. Since then, Arsenal have been on a bit of a rocky patch. They've uh, picked up two points away from home in the last five games. So probably quite happy that they're playing at home. What do you think you can do? Bearing in mind, like you said, you have struggled to score goals. Your two goals against Newcastle were your first goals at home in two matches. So what do you think you can do away from home? I think what we need to make sure is we're really solid at the back. So... Uh, the Rudiger and David Luiz need to make no errors at all, uh, and Alonso needs to not play. Um, like, because you know, we Aubameyang is dangerous. Um, Lacazette can score. I don't know what their team's going to be like. I think the Arsenal team is a bit, you know, it, it could be something completely different to what anyone expects Emery to play. Because you know, he's gone with like sort of Urtel behind Lacazette and Aubameyang. He's gone with Aubameyang with a Wobi and the wings, and like we don't know what's going to happen. We just need to make sure that our defense is really solid. And then I reckon we'll be able to outplay them in midfield. Um, I think Kante will be really crucial, breaking up play and then moving the ball forward on the counter-attack quickly. Um, I think Jorginho needs to have a good game. But like I said, we just we need, I need a performance from Eden Hazard to score a goal. And if Higuain does come and does start, which Sarri wants him to do, uh, I don't think we'll struggle uh, to score and we should be okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting side. Uh, time, sorry, for them both to me, because they're arguably in their worst form of the season. I mean, Arsenal, after a incredible, well, not start of the season, was it? But they went on that 22-game unbeaten streak, and Chelsea started the season blisteringly well. I think, was it the first nine games or something, Tim, without? Uh, something like that. We were the last unbeaten club in Europe in top, its top five leagues. Like, it was, we played really well. Sure. Fantastic. And now, I think that could feeling slightly disappeared, certainly more yeah. so after... I can't recall who they played last weekend. Um, poor <laughs> result. Anyway, brilliant brilliant result for the other team. Played out of their socks, but um, we'll move on from that. Um, yeah, it, it, arguably, I, I think it's quite even going into this game. And it's certainly going to be a platform. Well, presuming if, if one team wins, it could really act as a platform to get their season going again. Um, I was going to ask you, Tim, actually, what, what do you make of this... Um, Higuain signing. 
So I feel like that that was a sign that two years ago, Chelsea fans were crying out for. That's that's the player that would have been top of their list. It's not so much now, is it? Because I feel like two years on, he's not been blistering over that period. Certainly not for AC Milan this season. Is he is he the type of player you think Chelsea need at the moment? I think he's the best we're going to get in January by a mile for several reasons. One being that no one else is available and like it's on a loan uh, with an option to buy. But like we're never going to be able to sign an Icardi or a Cavani like players we've been linked with in January. And secondly, he's got a brilliant relationship with Sarri. And I mean brilliant. Like he's almost like a father figure to him has been quoted. Like he, they get on so, so well. And he had probably the, one of his best years uh, of his career at, under Sarri at Napoli, scoring 36 goals in the in the season. So I think he's that player that we... Because, you know, they don't, and if signing, signing in January, he doesn't have a pre-season to get accustomed to the way the team plays. With Higuain and Sarri, he can just walk in on Saturday against Arsenal and play like Sarri wants him to play. Yeah, he's getting on a little bit. He's 31. Hasn't had a great start to the season with AC Milan. You've got to consider that is AC Milan. They're fifth in Serie A and definitely not the team they used to be. But um, he, you know, he played well for Juventus as well. Was a like a record signing for a thirty-year-old, I think, when they got him. Played really, really well. Um, and I, you know, I think it is genuinely a great signing, especially when we have no one that can fill in there because Morata is a pile of wank and is being shipped off to Spain, uh, and Giroud just doesn't seem to want. Sorry, doesn't want to seem to play him at all. So I think he's, you know. It genuinely makes a lot of sense to be getting him now. You mentioned Murata being a pile of wank, and this is something that I, I looked into, not the fact that he's a pile of wank. <laughs> but Chelsea and strikers seem to have a very rocky relationship. So I look yeah. back, if you sign Higuain, you will have signed 20 strikers under Roman Abramovich, right? And there is a massive, there's a massive list of very much failed ones there. Is Higuain going to be amongst the list of your Falcao's, your Pato's, your Batuai's and Lukaku's? Or do you think he's going to go under, and they won't beat Drogba, but will he actually be able to live up to the hype of being a Chelsea frontman? I had honest to God forgot Pato would play for Chelsea. <laughs> yep. I could have gone the rest of my life forgetting that. Fact. <laughs> he but did absolutely nothing. That was so uneventful. Is yep. he the next Pato? Are you saying here and now, Tim, that Higuain is the no- next Pato? No. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> um, so, like, Higuain coming in, he's, you know, he's a lot older than all these other players, but he's got the experience sort of needed. And I think we, with his relationship with Sarri, is the biggest thing. And he's not coming in as a, like, £60 million plus signing or this sort of prodigy that everyone expects to do really, really well. He's literally coming in for a uh, minimum six months to do a job and score some goals and give some support to Hazard. Like, you sort of know what you're getting with him. Um, He's not going to, like, run the channels or get him behind a huge amount, but he will finish chances and he will, you know, hold up the ball for players like Hazard to flourish. Um, I don't think he's going to be a superstar. Like, he won't be on Diego Costa level. But I think, you know, he will do a job and there's not a huge amount expected of him like when we sign like Falcao or yeah, Lukaku or anyone like that. There's not the pressure on him, which means I think, you know, he will do a job. And if, if he doesn't perform, then we just we can let him go at the end of the season. But I don't think by any means it's a bad signing at all. 
Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I think it's certainly going to be an interesting game. If Arsenal, I, I did touch on it earlier, but if they play anywhere as bad, because they gave West Ham the game last weekend, if they play that bad against Chelsea, I, I could certainly see Hazard having a having a lovely old day. He's going to have a brilliant time of it. If uh, if well, especially the the defence, the the two centre backs for Arsenal just weren't able to keep up with. I mean, Arnautovic and and Felipe Anderson. Never mind what Chelsea have to offer. Yeah, you mentioned Eden Hazard. 10 goals, 10 assists this season. Only one man has bettered that in the top five European leagues. That's Lionel Messi. Mm. You, you actually missed off the 20 times he said he's going to play for Real Madrid this season. <laughs> <laughs> those, those, he's got the best numbers in Europe for that. <laughs> yeah, he's top of that stat. I really wanted to replace Ronaldo at Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy here, but I do want to go. But I'm happy. I love Chelsea, Real Madrid. Come get me. See what Courtois did. I want to do that. Don't, don't even compare him to Courtois. That's not fair. Yeah, Courtois' family does live there, to be fair. And has just purely going because it's a better club. Yeah. <laughs> and Courtois is a really horrible person. <laughs> love the opportunity to lose to Leganes 1-0. <laughs> oh, Leganes get a lot of love on this podcast. I, I have nothing but love. Nothing but love. <laughs> nothing but love. Uh, if we ship over to an Arsenal side... Historically, they've actually beaten Chelsea more times in the Premier League, but not in recent history. They've only won three Premier League matches against Chelsea since 2008. Do you think that will end now? Prediction time. Alan, what's your scores on the doors? Um, I, I mean, categorically, no. <laughs> I there, were, there was nothing in the last few games to suggest that Arsenal have the organisation to cause Chelsea a threat, um, which which is strange because I thought that's essentially what Emery brought. That's what he was bringing. He was going to train them well, get them running again and get them more organised, which seemed to work initially, but it's almost like they're going to default again. I don't know if his words are being fallen, uh, falling on deaf ears now. I, I don't know, you know, sometimes with managers, eventually that message gets lost. Weird for that message to get lost halfway through a season. Yeah. Um, but no, to, well, the short answer there is is no. I think Chelsea, well, you say they can't score, but I, I could see something like a 2 1 in this game. 2 1, Tim. What are you fancying? Uh, I'd go with a 1 or 2 0, to be honest, to Chelsea, I think. Um, if we can chart them out again, like I said, if our defence is a bit weak, uh, which it hasn't been recently, actually. Uh, we might struggle, but you know, I don't. I think we're you know good enough to keep Arsenal out. So, I think a one or a two nil. Um, again, just a brief one on this. Uh, perhaps will he enter score his last goal for Chelsea over the weekend? Uh, I. We've had I think two offers come in for him. Yeah, we one from Barcelona apparently for fifty odd million. Well, it was it was it was cash plus Malcolm. Uh, sure. The 21-year-old that they signed who hasn't played at all, really. Uh, and then I think they were reading another one for about 40 million or something, which is just cash, which sounded like sort of Chelsea were going to accept. And then Sarri said that he can't lose Willian, which made every single Chelsea fan in the world just groan and cry. Because um, you think that that's, you know, he's, that's it miles meant- more than he's worth. But... Um, yeah, I, I don't think he'll score, so he probably won't be his last goal for, for Chelsea. But, um, you know, leave, and I think it would probably make quite a lot of sense. 
Malcolm plus money for Willian, does that put Malcolm firmly in the middle of that transfer? No, because I think that Chelsea <laughs> won't accept it because they don't want to block Hudson Odoi. But um, the cash one makes a lot of sense. Uh, was my joke that bad that it didn't come across as a joke? Malcolm in the middle. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even get it. Oh, okay, that was clearly that terrible. That was the silence of my disapproval. But, um, <laughs> move on, Danny, before this. Oh, I will try and not Alan Partridge link it into the next match. Uh, let's carry on with the Premier League previews. We're going to move to a kind of top-to-bottom clash now. Fulham hosting Spurs. And normally you'd think this is well, quite easy, nice and easy job for Spurs. Harry Kane injured, Hyung min Son at the Asian Games, the defence looking rusty AF, and Spurs have now lost two consecutive home games. Granted, they are away to Fulham. But do you think this is, if any, a time for Fulham to have a go at Spurs? A caneless one, it is? I mean, one comment I want to make um, about this. I've had a lot of play, praise for Kane, but um, a comment from, from last week's pod. Um, the delusion of a Spurs fan who thinks seems to think that Kane is so good he's above getting injured. For <laughs> no. Simmer down, he's out till March, all right? <laughs> um, and all, that aside, um, this could be the best time to play Spurs you'll see in the entire window. I know I said that about Arsenal and Chelsea. Um, <laughs> best time to play ever. Uh, but, I mean, genuinely, Spurs without a, um, a Kane and without a Son... Um, there's certainly some players that are going to have to step up. Lorente, for one, must be shitting himself. <laughs> Does he remember how to be the main man up front? As soon as he went down, he was like, oh, God, what do I do? Uh, I, am I right or left-footed? Oh, no. not playing Tranmere on a Tuesday uh, evening. Yeah. <laughs> can I go back to the FA Cup third round, please? <laughs> It'd be really interesting to see their team, though, because I don't know what they're going to do. Are they just going to... Stick Lorente up top and sort of go four three three with two wide players and cross the ball to him uh, to try and score goals. Or because I've got, I think Lamella's come back, isn't he? Lucas is coming back. Um, I mean, they're never going to play on Kudu because we all forgot that he existed. Um, Odd, is he not on loan somewhere? No, I think he's still on the in the reserves and he just doesn't ever play. Um, and they but, are Scotland, they are Dembele-less. Yes, there's confirmation for Guanzo. Great player for him. I mean, the, the plaudits have been flooding in. While we're on, we're sort of mixing in transfer chat here, but um, all the Spurs players can't speak highly enough of his contribution to the club. Kane, for one, has thanked him for his contribution. In his day, he was oh, uh, an unstoppable force. I think you touched on it again in the last pod, didn't you? That he, he's just been a broken man, hasn't he? I think the, for some players, the demand of the Premier League is too high. Ousted by Sissoko. Yeah, a, a really good Sissoko. Bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Bizarrely, Sissoko, after that 30 million transfer, has finally come good. Their most reliable player. <laughs> yeah. out as well. He pulled up in the Manchester United game as well. So, he, potentially, Harry Winks, as Tom mentioned in the last pod, looked a bit shattered as well. Eric Dyer will most likely have to come back into that midfield as well. Do they have 11 players? <laughs> always been the criticism of the Spurs yeah. that they need to build a better squad and we thought they did once you know they had players like Lamella and Lucas yeah. and, you know even Winks to come up for bench but now they've got a couple of players out it does look a bit 
thin. They're uh, not signing anyone in January. It's really coming back to bite them now. And the summer has really come back to bite them now, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. But at least they're playing Fulham. This could be the best time of the season to play them. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you say that, Fulham lost 2-1 to Burnley. Burnley didn't even score. So I guess... For, for <laughs> oh, if there's one thing that could sum up the... The Lord Overlord Sean Dice's reign <laughs> in Burnley. It is winning a game 2 1 without <laughs> on target. <laughs> that the direct. <laughs> if you could condense his, I mean, how long has he been there? Six years into one phrase. It is that. And he so said they had the better of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Not that high pitch. He said it much more gruff. <laughs> um, Oh my god, they they feel a bit hard done by after that Fulham. And what what he has done, I mean, they're not shipping five, six goals. He has steadied the ship a bit in that sense, and they are looking a bit more a bit more organized. Yeah. I mean they're still they're still They're still not doing well. They're still not doing well relative to the Premier League. And they are it, it's getting to the point of the season where a five point gap is looks pretty dangerous. But even then it just takes a small run to get back in the loop. Very true indeed. Uh, whilst we're on that mixture of sort of transfer talk, Ryan Barbel has come into Fulham. Uh, what do you think he's going to add if he does add anything? Age. To <laughs> Fiery red hair. I was also going to say. Do you think he'll make an impact? I th- well, I think he's going to add six goals in forty appearances in the Turkish league. <laughs> for one, I think I th- right. It's a strange decision for one because. What did we all talk about at the start of the season? It's the fact that Fulham were buying some big names and a lot of them. And what they really needed to do was trust in the players that got them up from the championship, like most clubs do. But no, they went through a complete overhaul. And now they're starting to get, you know, as a, well, fans are thinking they're starting to gel more, a bit, a bit more at least. And they're starting to look more a cohesive unit. OK, we'll get to the transfer window. What do we do? Oh, what players are shown? Ryan Barber, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, we'll just throw a spanner into the mix again. You say that, though. Ryan Barber, and despite yeah. the fact that his last Premier League appearance was a substitute appearance in a 3-1 loss for Liverpool against Blackburn, mm. he has the Premier League record for scoring in the most winning games. So in every game he scored, he's won in the Premier League. That's 11 games. It- intriguing. Yes. In 11 games. I There's think many. Chris Smalling is up there. I don't know why I want to say that. But I think what about that Milner stat? Is that not losing? I think James Milner's not losing because they drew a couple uh, of games. Because yeah, he's up okay. like 50-odd games without losing. But in games that Ryan Barbell has scored in the Premier League, he's won all 11 of them. Well, there's your game plan. <laughs> Get <laughs> Ryan Barbell to score. Well, no, stick him on the pitch and then dive at every opportunity. <laughs> Penalty, win. Shadezy, straight him stay up. Straight in the books after they win the next 15 games in a row. Uh, Ranieri, I am available to coach. Uh, <laughs> um, require my services. And, and tactical insight, quite frankly, because I think I just blew this season wide open. Uh, I also spent a lot of time watching West Ham, so it'd be good for the insight. Uh, ab- absolutely. Very absolutely. True. Get some uh, spying of your own done there. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, before we head on off to the break, Tim, what's your score prediction for Fulham Spurs? I uh, honestly don't know. I think Spurs will still win it, like 3-0, to be honest. But, um, you know, if Fulham are going to win, it could be now. Fair enough. Alan? Uh, I think this will focus the Spurs players a lot. And uh, I think it's going to be 3-1. 
3-1. Right, we're going to head on off to the break, but when we come back, we will talk about the little matter that is Bournemouth-West Ham. Shame we don't have Tom on the pod to go through this one. Then our January transfer quiz, Team of the Millennium, and some very interesting talking points for this week. Be back in a tick. This episode is sponsored by Kangaroo Jack Fitness, personal training that goes above and beyond to get the best results for you. If you're an MMA fan, be sure to check out the new Switchkick podcast. We preview upcoming events, discuss the big UFC and Bellator news, and John from Philadelphia drops in to give us a few betting tips. To listen, search for Switchkick MMA on SoundCloud or Switchkick in the Apple Store. Right, welcome back from the break. And as I mentioned, let's go straight into West Ham versus Bournemouth. Alan, you haven't been able to talk about West Ham a lot recently. <laughs> how pleased are you with the win against Arsenal very pleased with, with a small asterisk by it that I, I touched on that earlier that we we were gifted the game in a way by Arsenal who weren't anywhere near the quality we should expect out of a, a Europa League side <laughs> um, which is what they are quite frankly now um, or, or even a Champions League side, or even a, a top ten side, they they obviously weren't up for it, and we were quite the opposite. Um, it ha- it's not even the best we played this season. Arguably, games against Manchester United that we won, um, we were a better case of unit, but um, but we were organised, and um, I mean it was lovely to see the Rice girl, uh, Rice, who in an alternate universe would be. Chelsea's reserve substitute um, <laughs> centre back <laughs> at the test. Yeah. Um, quitting on Declan Rice actually, it's it's lovely how things turn out sometimes because this this sort of revelation centre midfield essentially came out of the midst of a a midfield crisis for West Ham. Uh, Declan Rice probably still would have been our bench centre back up until this point. Um, because he's probably fourth on our list behind um, uh, Balbuena, Diop, uh, even uh, Obiang, not Obiang, not Obiang. What's his name? Ogbonna! Ogbonna! (laughs) Or even fifth if Winston Reid was actually fit. So anyway, we've had this defensive crisis and it's brilliant to see that he's really stepped up his game and now he's being maliciously linked to Man City, um, (laughs) trying to distract him. but overall, yeah, really pleased. I, I really nice to see Nasri. I mean, it, it's the little intricacies that he's got to his game and the calmness on the ball. There's a couple of moments in the game where it, it's very fast paced at times, and then all of a sudden he just stops, looks around him, and plays plays a ball. And it's that calmness on the ball that we have we haven't seen in West Ham for some time. And it'd be in, really interesting to see what he can do against Bournemouth. Interesting to see what he can do once he gets match fit as well, because he did look a bit leggy towards the end of that game. Interesting little pop quiz for both of you. Sami Nasri provided his first Premier League assist, assisting Declan Rice, since 2016. Who did he assist then? It was against Chelsea. Uh, Aguero. Sergio Aguero. Correct answer. I'm just just playing the odds there. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be Aguero, isn't it? Uh, But if Um, we look at this one... A shop window. Um... What, what can you do, Wilson? What can you do to prove you are worthy for your future um, future employers? Pretty sure you already did that at the London Stadium at the beginning of the season where he pretty much jogged around the entire team as Mark Noble <laughs> walked behind him. <laughs> we very much like two sittings. 
or two two viewings, as it were, before we make our decision. I have to go home and ask my wife. We well, yeah, yeah, we're, we're connoisseurs. We, yeah. <laughs> but I'd say I like the taste of Wilson so far, and I, and I might. Get, I might... <laughs> oh, <Christ>, no. <laughs> That's going in at the start of the episode. <laughs> backtrack, backtrack. I like. All right, so he's, Alan likes the taste of Wilson. Tim, he's help. powerful. <laughs> Dominant in the box. Yeah, it uh, gets him behind. He does. Uh, Chelsea <laughs> for Callum Wilson as well. Tim, where do you think he's going? Is this a shop window for Chelsea as well? <laughs> That's a really awful joke. Just popped in my head about him and Alan. Um, no, he's, he's not. He's not going to come to Chelsea for the rumored like seventy odd million pounds that was speculated because we, we've uh, we're signing Higuain now. So this Wilson will not be joining us. But um, like. I mean, whoever, if, if he does go, I think Bournemouth will get a hell of a lot of money for him. And if they keep him, they've also done really well because he's, you know, they're not going to find any, any other strikers to do a, a better job than he does for them. So whatever way Bournemouth are sort of profiting, to be honest. But um, yeah, West Ham looking most likely to sign him now, I think. Mm. Tim, all but confirming there, he prefers the taste of Higuain to Wilson. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I didn't say it, you did. In all but different words. Um, <laughs> where are Bournemouth in the table? Uh, Bournemouth, wealth in oh. the table. They, you know what? Bournemouth had an awful run. It was six oh. games with five of them, Tom will correct me on this, four or five of them against the big six. Uh, just after the international break, which really sort of took the wheels off a fantastic beginning of the season they were having. Also have not been good in recent matches. They've lost four of their last five matches in all competitions. Uh, 5-0 to Tottenham, 4-1 to Manchester United, 3-1 to Brighton in the Cup, and then 2-0 to Everton. Uh, Alan, do you think this could be a game that turns it around for Bournemouth? Or do you think West Ham are going to be riding off that win against Arsenal? What do you expect him to say to that? Ah, no, <laughs> back down to the doldrums with you, Bournemouth. <laughs> Whence do you belong? No, um, it's a question of yeah, if Bournemouth can can get back to their winning ways, or West Ham just continue this uh, to this good good feeling we've got at the moment. Um, I, I I would say on current form, West Ham should edge it. We're, we're looking like we're really enjoying our football. I think was it uh, Tom mentioned on the the last. Uh, Pod about uh, Pellegrini being able to manage the big, um, the big egos in the team, and I think that's very true. It, even the way he's handled Arnautovic, and this situation could have potentially levelled our season the way it has before with things like Payet, but it seems to be managed far more in-house. Uh, Arnautovic is treating it with with respect, if not his, his brother, <laughs> who is clearly an unrequited prick. <laughs> Agents always are. Yeah, you, you can sub that out. Actually, don't. <laughs> he's, he's a dick. Um, Allegedly. Uh, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I would. I would say West Ham edged this for me, and and not just because of my inherent bias. Uh, Tim, what's your prediction for it? And as a Chelsea fan, you'll probably know Dominic Solanke a little bit more than us two. Obviously, signed for Bournemouth. What, what do you think he's going to bring to them and what are your score predictions for the game? No, but it doesn't mean I've actually seen him play because he hardly ever played in 10 minutes for us or Liverpool for that matter. Um, I think he's the type of player that will need to be sort of blooded in uh, for Bournemouth over a number of matches. Like, he'll need sort of 10 minutes at the end of matches sort of growing a bit to actually 
get to that level. Like, there's no doubt there's talent there because at youth level he was absolutely stunning. But there's a reason that he hasn't gotten many minutes at Chelsea and Liverpool. He just needs the experience first. So it's not a sign that he'll be able to come in and make a big impact. Um, it's something that he'll need to really, a role that he'll really need to grow into. But I think Bournemouth is the right place for him. So he'll just need to, yeah. Uh, sort of learn like players like Callum Wilson will be very important for him I think to sort of understand how to, how he can play but um, I, th- I think West Ham will edge it uh, I think Bournemouth do really need to pick some form up but I think yeah Alan's right the way West Ham are playing I think they do uh, they, they will just ease ahead I think A Big shout out uh, regarding Bournemouth before we uh, before we move on to to a piece of journalism and I know we're only in January but could be considered the strangest piece of journalism of the year um and it was on the the home of fine journalism the bbc um with an article detailing the logic as to why isco should choose bournemouth sorry (laughs) (laughs) i I can only assume um this was the the work and brainchild of some sort of um bournemouth fan come intern who, who has joined the bbc recently and it won't be that much longer, but one of the reasons was to be closer to Harry Redknapp. <laughs> uh, Harry Redknapp, obviously a Bournemouth fan who lives no, not, in, sorry, Bournemouth based, but goes to see games often. And uh, the other one was beaches. Um, as if I know I realise Madrid is is not by a beach, but <laughs> as the concept of a sodden syringe filled Bournemouth <laughs> is in any way a an alternative increase on Madrid oh that's unbelievable so go check it out it's still on the homepage of the BBC website if you uh, if you have a couple of minutes spare for some quality journalism I know I enjoyed it oh that is absolutely wonderful uh, last thing on Bournemouth I think they've agreed a deal to sign Chris Meppham from Brentford 21 year old centre back that could really help he's a very good player and they have been shipping a lot of goals recently right a couple of things we'll move on to now. Let's do the January transfer quiz now. Alan and Ryan currently top of the leaderboard with one point apiece. Tom and Tim joint second. Uh, joint second? <laughs> <I'm laughs> that. Joint last or joint second. Uh, no, no, no. Have not entered the race yet. <laughs> and you, you don't get a position. I'm going to, uh, as always, give you clues on a player who's made a January transfer. You've got to tell me who that player is. Shout your name when you believe who you think you know who the player is. Do we all understand? Yes. Do we all understand? Right. Clue number one. I was born on the 13th of August, 1992 in Brazil. Alan, a Jesus. Not Gabriel Jesus. Tim, would you like a guess or shall I keep going? Yeah, uh, Coutinho. Not Coutinho, no. Clue number two. I was known as Marcelino in Brazil. Alan. Oh. Yes. Marcelo. It's not Marcelo. Tim. Yes. Uh, Vinicius Jr. Not Vinicius Jr. No. He's like 12. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a right. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> he's not 12, just to clarify. Uh, clue number three. I have made over 150 League A appearances. Alan. Yes. Maxwell. It's not Maxwell. Tim? Um, No, keep going. I have an Olympic silver medal to my name. You're going to say what year? No. (laughs) 
Brazilian. Silver medal? It's an Olympic silver medal. That's 2012. Ganso. It's not Ganso. Tim, shall I carry on? Uh, yeah, I'm a bit stuck. There's only two clues left. Oh, my, my international goals have come against Iraq, Argentina, China and France. Oh, that's at the Olympics, isn't it? China. Iraq, Argentina and France. And the final clue, so it has to be guessed. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Tim. Yeah? Actually, no, that's wrong. Never mind. Carry on. He's 26. He's Brazilian. He's a league on player. Uh... Or, it, or no, it's not necessarily a league on player. I'm going to move it on to the final clue. Whoa, 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 whoa. I currently play Premier League. Oh, stop. Yeah. Lucas. Lucas Moura is the oh, correct yeah. Lucas Moura, nicknamed Marcelino because he attended uh, the soccer school of Brazilian legend Marcelino and he kind of looked like him. So they nicknamed him it. Which means Alan extends his lead at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, to two points, Ryan in second with one, Tom in third with zero, Tim by goal difference, <laughs> who's played, you are currently fourth. Makes uh, a nice we, change. We will be back with that next week. Right, Tim, it's on over to you. It's Team of the Millennium time, and it's probably the best bit. It's the forwards, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So uh, if you're not paying attention, Team Millennium, we are picking the best players since the turn of the Millennium in 2000. Uh, the final positions we've got to fill are the two striker positions. Alan, who have you got and why? <clears throat> Darius Vassell was a... <laughs> was was a... <laughs> yes. Danny, please, let me build this up. Um, no. uh, who, who have I got? Um, we put... I, I can't... Sorry, who was our... Did we put Ronaldo... So uh, the wide midfielders are on the left, Ronaldinho, and on the right, Messi. So, I went with Ronnie and Ronnie. The two Ronnies. Danny? Yeah. The, the phenomenon and the, the machine that is Ronaldo. Yeah, I also went for the two Ronnies up top. So did I. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty decisive. Um, I know for a fact that Ryan had uh, argued for Thierry Henry to be part of there. Yep, I mean, one of the great strikers of Premier League history, if not in his time, the, the the most graceful player I've ever seen who made football just look effortless. Um, I've not applauded many goals against Manchester United, but the flick up volley oh. over Barthez is is one that I could watch a hundred times. Brilliant, brilliant, and it's in one motion as well. Yeah. That, that that's just summed up Omri. Uh, it was just that faultless sort of effortless style that he had going on. Um, shout out maybe to Ibrahimovic, who has scored just a hatful of goals, has has improved with age, and if not for an injury at Manchester United, could have continued at the very top level for for a, another couple of years. Um, I'm going to whack Francesco Totti in there, Serie A all-time top scorer. Just an absolute legend. Won a World Cup with Italy. Granted, probably wasn't out and out striker, but he's done very well to get on this. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of credit can go to a lot of players, but I don't think anyone can really dispute Ronaldo, Ronaldo up front, to be honest. Oh, God, no. Cristiano, five Ballon d'Ors, tied most. Uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, I think two Ballon d'Ors, one in 97, one in 2002, I think. Just both. Unbelievable players. Both, I mean, yeah, both some incredible, incredible players. 
Um, who knows what Ronaldo could have done if he had a uh, better dietitian? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Playing at the top level and was being fined for every pound he was overweight uh, at the time at Real Madrid. That is Bizarre crazy. that a player would have to be. Yes. I mean, you don't think about the players at the, the highest, highest level not having any, you know, appreciation or, or care for uh, their physical well-being like that. Not, not that he was unhealthy at the time. Yeah. But he certainly um, wasn't afraid of the uh, some good eating. Um, yeah, just yeah, an amazing player. Does that mean we've all unanimously, bar Ryan, who went for Thierry Henry, unanimously agreed that Ronnie and Ronnie are the two strikers? Yeah, it's the first time the entire sort of series of Team Millennium that we've all agreed on the same positions. I guess maybe slightly controversially, Cristiano Ronaldo being put as a forward. It's only really happened later. In his position he's, yeah, his position he's made his own towards the end mm. and he's, as he's developed as a player. Arguably when he was a, his most exciting and when he gained the most tension initially, it was on through his wing play and dribbling. Um, it says a lot about him, though, that he could have arguably taken up the left, left midfield, right midfield or striking positions in his own right. Um, but very impressive. Um, maybe a note on Suarez in his absolute pomp. Yeah. The damage he did for a good four seasons, transitioning from his latter time at Liverpool and Barcelona. and at Barcelona. Forget that team. Yeah, but but we're looking for you know for more dominance than that, I suppose. And it's it's hard to argue, isn't it? I, I'm trying to expand <laughs> more through through other logic, but that season it comes down to quite a simple. The season vision. he had that Liverpool nearly won the title. He was unbelievable. He made Daniel Sturridge look good. And that's difficult. I think he scored, what, like seven goals against Norwich and none of them were from closer than 25 yards. Man could nutmeg a mermaid. He was <laughs> People joke sometimes about um, players only scoring screamers or only scoring worldies or something. Suarez, for a period, looked like that was a- an accurate assessment mm. because... It looked like for a period he he was only chipping goalkeepers from forty yards, or doing like thirty five yard headers, or you know absolute screamer volleys. It, it was a, I mean it was a great time to be a Liverpool fan up until the last few days of the uh, few days of the season. Yeah, with him at the helm. Brilliant. Um, I mean this this guy isn't going in the team of the millennium, but if you're talking about a man who only scores screamers, Ben Marshall, Google his name. The man I think he played for Leicester and Blackburn. Ryan Wolf. Definitely knows the man only scored screamers. Oh, if Totti's done well to get mentioned <laughs> over the moon with that, Tim. What did it, what do you think of that? Are, are we going for for that as the final eleven? And what is yeah. the final? Ronaldo and Ben Marshall are in. Um, <laughs> no, two Ronnies up front. So the final eleven as it stands: uh, Buffon in goal, centre backs are Maldini and Sergio Ramos. Uh, right back is Danny Alves, left back Philip Lahm. The two centre mids, Zinedine Zidane and Xavi. Uh, left mid Ronaldinho, right mid Messi and up front, Cristiano Ronaldo and Ronaldo. Uh, next week, we'll have an episode where we are uh, picking a coach or a manager uh, and making any little adjustments that we feel are necessary. I know there's a few controversial decisions in there that people want to maybe change, but um, that is the team as it stands. Martin Yo. So that wraps up the team of the millennium until next week where there'll be arguments galore and a coach picked. 
which means it's just time for the talking points before we end this pod. Tim, I know you've got an absolute sack load of them. Where do you want to start? Oh, I don't even know where to start, to be honest. I think we might go from sort of most sane to ridiculous, to be honest. Um, we'll go with, so they, one football have released sort of the best and worst players uh, for each club this season, or just in general, but um, for the clubs this season. And uh, Shane Long has been picked as Southampton's worst player. Um, he's, he's scored at the weekend, um, but... His last four goals uh, have come for four different managers. Uh, it's Claude Powell, Pellegrino, Hughes and Hasenhudel, um, which is quite cool because I don't know any players that have sort of scored the last four goals have come under a different manager each time, which is quite interesting. Uh, and just out of incidents, Danny Ings has voted their best player. Danny, that's that's a fair assessment um, and, and, and a very fair assessment of Shane Long. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> His qualities are there to see. He's a good breakup man and probably as a substitute that can come on and cause the defenders a kerfuffle. Um, <laughs> that's about the extent of it. I mean, that kind of... You have to at least register a few more goals than that. For a striker. I mean, it does help that Southampton have gone through managers like machine gun fire. Very true. But... All right, we'll move on. Uh, does anyone watching Sky Sports on Monday Football will know Yaya Torre picked his best 11 uh, from players he's played with. It is possibly the most attacking team I think I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> so I'll just recite it for you. It was, it was 3-1-4-2. Uh, in goal was Edison. Um, the centre-backs were Company, Marquez and Puyol. Uh, his holding midfield player was Andres Iniesta. Classic holding uh, the two centre mids were Lionel Messi and Sergio Aguero. What? <laughs> the wide players were Leroy Sane and Thierry Henry. Uh, and his strikers were Didier Drogba and Samuel Eto'o. Is that not the most attacking team you've ever heard? I long for the day that Yaya Torre becomes a manager and tries that for real. He literally, he was asked that by Jamie Carragher and he said that that's exactly how he would play because he just wants teams that will press and win the ball and pass it forward. I mean, uh, yeah, I I'm lost for words, lately. I mean, Greek food must not agree with Yaya Torre because he's either <laughs> ill or unhinged. <laughs> that it, it's a bizarre lineup, And like you said, I, I for one, cannot wait to see, try to see him giving it a good go. In, in I mean... I mean, on that basis alone, no one should hire him. <laughs> um, absolutely bizarre. But yeah, brilliant. What a Wouldn't you love to see that team play, though? Oh, I don't know, I'll be honest. Kind of, kind of intrigued, but I'd imagine they'd just lose. It, it was quite funny as well watching Carragher clearly thinking he's mental, <laughs> but not being able to fully express his opinion um, or spit on him. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, next up, we've got uh, a man dressed as Spider-Man at uh, Leicester's training this week. Uh, it was Jamie Vardy. Uh, surprised the manager and the rest of the players as they walked off the training ground dressed as Spider-Man. But he still had the sort of like little vest crop top thing on as well over the suit. <laughs> uh, to be fair to him, they won the Premier League because of his goals. So he can dress as Spider-Man. Yeah. I, I think he thought that idea hopped up on snuff or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
guzzles on. <laughs> he went to go see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and he thought, shit, you know what would be a yeah, good idea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the thought of an excited Jamie Vardy <laughs> running out of the cinema like an over-sugared five-year-old. <laughs> Straight. Tango ice blast. Straight <laughs> the fancy dress shop. Just pick a mix hidden under the hood. I need an adult Spider-Man <laughs> costume right now. Twenty thousand pounds. Next, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, but Imke Wubenhorst, uh, the G- German uh, manager. She has become the first female to manage a team in the German fifth division. Uh, was asked if uh, she asks players to put their pants on before she enters the changing room. Uh, in an interview, she replied, "Of course not. I pick players on their penis size." <laughs> well played, solid, solid. That is that is a good answer. Great response. Uh, and finally, after all of these, my favourite moment of the week uh, <laughs> is after the spy incident at Leeds. Uh, they've had a run-in with Pizza Hut. Um, Pizza Hut tweeted them saying. Hi, at LUFC, which is the Leeds United Twitter. We've just seen a suspicious-looking man peering through our chef's window. Can you let us know if you're planning to put pizza on the menu in the club canteen? <laughs> this was tweeted on the 17th in the afternoon. Leeds then responded by saying, oh, I prefer Domino's, thanks, and then like a really like, fed-up emoji. They don't take a week to deliver a tweet, uh, seeing as this was literally a week after the spying incident. Pizza Hut then replied... A bit rich coming from a club that hasn't delivered since 1992. Oh, like that. <laughs> My favourite beef of the week. I, I reckon Bielsa's is probably working on P, uh, KFC though, isn't it? Yeah. He's already trying to find those 11 spies. <laughs> I reckon he's cracked it already. Uh, one thing that I wanted to uh, pick up on on that spy gate, people have, pundits I'm talking, have just come up with the weirdest stuff. Stuart Pearce saying the result should be reversed and that uh, Derby County should be handed the win. Because that's how football works. That's, un- that's unbelievable. Yeah, let's write, rewrite 150 years of FA Association football rules <laughs> and just reverse the result for a minor indiscretion. That's Stuart- why like, people would just lose on purpose and then send spies to the training ground to try and get roles reversed so they've actually won from playing shit. Just, it's so, it's so, do you see uh, Peter Shilton on Sky Sports saying, uh, well, it's, it's just normal, isn't it? Bielsa, he's Italian, so, I mean, it's obvious. And then the presenter corrected and went, no, he's Argentinian, Argentinian, to which Shilton went, God, oh, he's even worse then. <laughs> <laughs> That's a normal response. <laughs> it's just so poor. Uh, I mean, while we're talking about interesting managers, we didn't mention this on the pod on Tuesday, but... Neil Warnock talking about Brexit in his post-match press conference, saying it'll be good and to hell with the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, it, in, interesting comments. That you talk about Shilton as well. He's uh, come out with some quite interesting points on that subject as well. Um, yeah, I mean... Um, I've been hired as Theresa May's new cabinet ministers. <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah, I mean, people say football and politics shouldn't mix, but in this case, it's come for some very interesting outcomes. I think Cardiff have since uh, released a statement saying Warnock's views do not reflect their own. <laughs> Old Bamber is allowed to stay at the club. And, we still <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think a few other lower league clubs piled in with tweets saying 
we are going to make no statement about Brexit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, bizarre. Um, Warnock, always good value, though, I suppose. Always good value indeed. And one last thing, latest manager sacked. Wagner has gone from Huddersfield, apparently left on mutual consent, which means it's a relegation-threatened club, which obviously means David Moyes and Sam Allardyce are back in the hunt for managerial jobs. What do we think of that? Not again. <laughs> as, as the proprietor, not proprietor, as, as a member and fan of a club for whom the managerial merry-go-round has stopped on um, Twice. for quite a few of, <laughs> of, of said names, uh, Pardew, uh, Aladici, um, <laughs> Kerbishley, the like. Um, Kerbishley shouldn't be on that. Kerbishley <laughs> had a job since 2006. That I don't would... know why he's on this supposed, this supposed roundabout that never stops on him. He's the unluckiest <laughs> manager in the world, if that's the case. <laughs> Going back to the point... Um, I, I would very much like to see... No. I mean, I, I honestly thought they were going to stick with Wagner. Do you, I mean, this is the trouble with the money that's in the Premier League. Huddersfield have to be seen to be doing something. Unfortunately, Huddersfield, I think this season, have been proved to be slightly out of their depth, both in the players they were able to acquire. And, and that's a lot due to finances. But the size of the club... Huddersfield found themselves above their station, I think, essentially. Um... And the reason they found themselves above their station is because Wagner's did a fantastic job in getting them up. I don't think there was many managers at that level who had been able to orchestrate that move up to the Premier League. And unfortunately, if they were going to go down, the best person to probably steer them back up might have been Wagner. Yeah. Um, but like I said, they have to be seen to do something. They can't. I mean, fans pay money to be there. If they're in the relegation playing like that, you, you have to, as a club, take positive action it's a shame i mean i understand why they've done it in uh, you know they need results and fast because they're looking quite likely to get relegated now but um i think you're right i'm not sure it was the manager's fault i just think in the premier league if you're not you know if, if there's going to have to be a change if something's not going right and it's normally the manager at fault um it is january you thought they might have been able to try and bring in some players but uh turns out not the case Poor, poor Wagner. We'll uh, keep you updated on who gets that job, whether it be Big Sam, David Moyes or someone oh. completely different. A couple of other things. Lovely to see uh, Giuseppe Rossi back at Manchester United training this week. Hey. Training with the club. Um, he was so happy. His yeah. Little face. And also, um, uh, it's rumoured that uh, Ashley Cole might be shining a short-term deal with uh, Derby. Oh, OK. Uh, free agent reuniting under Lampard. I've just thought, are they going to use him for his BB gun shooting skills? <laughs> see that? Take, see that spy? See that spy? Go on, Ozzy. Go on. Get him. Here's the new Nerf gun. Yeah. Go get him. <laughs> Make sure he doesn't see our new formation, the Yaya Torre. Oh, I've forgotten to mention Raul Morales. Oh, Raul oh. Morales. Oh, oh dear. right. So, talking of ex Chelsea players, uh, Raul Morales has appeared on top of the pops on Portuguese TV. Uh, dressed in orange corduroy trousers, some bandages and toilet roll around his waist and neck, and like a rope around his head, doing what I can only describe as a sort of chicken with a disability dance. <laughs> like, uh, it's so wrong. Go and look at it. It's on like The Sun online, or you'll be able to find it on YouTube. Go and watch it. It's awful. It's amazing because, uh, I mean, the show's. Um... Lipsing battle, isn't it? So it's, oh it's yeah, been, it's lipsing battle. 
done in America and views with the well sorry videos of the coronavirus hits of sort of Channing Tatum doing these very elaborate um elaborate dance moves and I think who's the current Spider-Man Tom uh, Holland Tom Holland doing amazing uh Rihanna yeah um and then Raul Morella's doing an awkward shuffle like <laughs> Um, the budget isn't quite the same. Not, not quite the same standards, yeah. It's dressed like a mummy that's sort of decided that they're going to go out for the first time in 20 years to a club and then realise they're really out of their depth. <laughs> to be fair, uh, Raul Morales doing an awkward shuffle in front of a large audience is probably what Chelsea fans would have remembered from the Portuguese <laughs> national. So why change old habits? Yeah. You're just missing a two-footing someone at the end. <laughs> job done right I think that's job done from us as well today thank you very much for listening as always remember if you want to message us anything at gametime underscore pod on twitter or gametimepodcast1 at gmail.com for your emails email us anything you want any talking points any funny things you've seen we will be looking at that religiously because we're just waiting that's all we do all week we just wait um, but from me, it's goodbye. Tim, see you later. Bye. Alan? The is innocent. And we are done. See you next week.